0: it's 49ers game day or 49ers fortnightly. Um, <laughs> and Jake, uh, I just have one thing to say. It, it feels like nihilism is the only answer now. That, that's I think I so. Go. I mean, the problem is
1: I think a lot of various sports fans are naturally uh, sort of optimistic or hopeful about the future or don't have like this sort of beaten down perspective just in all walks of life. And have some sort of sense of, hey, maybe good things can happen in life. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we both come from a background of uh, bad things should be expected Mm -hmm. and disaster is the norm. So I'm, you know, sort of comfortable in this at the same time. I also was sort of losing my mind yesterday at Kyle Shanahan's press conference.
0: Let's, let's, let's,
1: it's to be expected. You know, he's, I guess he's keeping the same.
0: He's the only healthy quarterback as of today. Now Wednesday that might change in which case the circumstances should be different, but they won't be. And listen, there is a lot of chatter around the NFL right now about what happened to this dude. I mean, it's like almost existential, like what happened? And the NFL sort of 10th ten, grade lunch table, much faster to write off Kyle Shanahan than us. And we are ready to write Kyle Shanahan off as not knowing what the fuck he's doing in over his head as a play caller, as the leader of the organization, uh, somebody who's burnt out. And that we had one supernova year that didn't result in anything but, you know, a banner that only hangs in the locker room. And this is the byproduct of. Wanting to be a perfectionist in an era of pragmatism, and this Garoppolo thing is a, is a symptom of the overall right.
1: disease. It, it, it's funny because you know when they came in, it was like, all right, these guys are sort of you know th- these guys are going to set us right. You know they're going to get things in order. They have a plan. They year did. one, they did right, and 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 it seemed like it was panning out. You had year one where mm-hmm. it was clearly rebuilding. Year two, Jimmy tears his ACL. They're probably going to be bad anyway. Right uh, again. And year three, it finally clicked, right? You know, they mm-hmm. got it all together. Spectacular. Uh, right. right. They had the right mix of veterans. And then they declined to renew two of those veterans, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and, and to Forrest Buckner, which mm-hmm. um, I think they probably over. I'm not even criticizing those moves, but I think they over or under considered the leadership void that that left. And, and it wasn't adequately replaced. Okay. I, I think that's a significant factor. Yeah. Then last year, the crazy injury situation, whatever, it's a wash.
0: You only this get, year how many washes stunning. do you get? I mean, that's I mean, what I'm saying.
1: I mean, last year was historically bad for injuries. I I, I get it. I get it. You know? And you
0: get that wash. That means that you don't get that shit this year. And I think right. that, this, that what we're having right now, these conversations that are happening in places beyond us, is the byproduct of you used up your two lifelines. One, your quarterback right. got injured. And two, you know – whatever whatever last year was so win some fucking games there are teams right. that win games that don't have everything working for them and by the way i i don't know where the responsibility lies on this i i couldn't even pretend to know but it is awful it is awfully coincidental that the 49ers seem to have so many goddamn injuries i, I at a certain point listen i'm not saying i you know, fire the training staff or anything i don't know I don't know, right? but there's something off. It's an Indian barrel ground situation. Maybe the AYSO has put a curse on the Santa uh, Santa Clara 49ers. I don't know, but at a certain point it's happening so often that it can't be just bad luck and coincidence.
1: Right. Uh, I, I think when you go back to it, it's like 2019 was maybe the worst thing to happen to Shanahan. Yeah, that's, uh, your, that's, that's your going that's theory. That's my it's thesis. Proven more that's and more right every day. Is that because they went to the Super Bowl, they felt like there was no way they could get rid of Garoppolo. It would do too much damage to the locker room. Mm-hmm. And so instead of being you know courageous and being sort of objective and being like, okay, well, Jimmy actually, despite what we accomplished, everything else worked well around Jimmy.
0: They didn't let him throw in the NFC playoffs. Right, we lost they knew them the they Super had. Bowl. they know like, what they had. We were wrong. By the way, we got a cop to it. We were wrong. Tom Brady wanted to come here. They stuck with that motherfucker, to quote. <laughs> like, it is – it now looks like – I think I saw in the Chiron the other day is Tom Brady the greatest – Uh, free agent signing in the history of the NFL. And I I didn't even entertain the the notion because I don't have that sort of encyclopedic knowledge of free agent signings. I think Reggie White might be up there, but that's another conversation for another day. And It seems like those other days are going to be plentiful once this season is unofficially, officially over as we have said so many times throughout the years here. But um, if Tom Brady is the greatest free agent signing of all time, then the 49ers made the worst football decision of all time by turning down Tom Brady whose first choice was San Francisco and playing in the backyard of where he grew up. So that has to also be mentioned.
1: Right. Right. They, they fucked up. And and I think what you're seeing at this point is an accumulation of Kyle sort of realizing, like, he's like, I never liked Jimmy. Why did I, why did I do? He's there's a realization that they could have had Brady. Uh, There's the pain of, seeing Matt Stafford like go to uh, the Rams and Kyle being like, knowing he never had a chance and being infuriated yeah. about that because it was McVay. Yeah. And then it's Rogers wanting to come and him not even having a chance there. And then Deshaun Watson case, like making him not an option. And right. then Kyle's now like, all right, well it's okay. I'm going to plan for the future. I'm going to get this guy. It's going to work out. Okay. The guy's not ready to, to work in my system. Uh, let's just go with Jimmy. Oh God, Jimmy's not working. Uh, I, I'm done
0: <laughs> like, but you know? the, the grand irony is, and I was thinking about this earlier today and, and stay with me here for a second. Like Kyle is no one's ever ready for Kyle because Kyle is a perfectionist. And when I say perfectionist, I don't mean that in the sense of like, I'm a perfectionist, anything less, right. than, like, no, like literally you have to go a hundred for a hundred. This is like some like weird parenting where it's, you don't come back with every answer correct plus the extra credit, you're you know grounded for two weeks, and it has beat down everyone. His dad had the same problem; he has this issue. It it beats him down, and you see him just physically how worn down he is, and that's the nature of being an NFL head coach. But it seems to be taking a bigger toll on him. He was a young beautiful man at one point and uh, right. still good looking guy, but uh, it's, it's not going so hot for Kyle Shanahan and right. we're in October, but someone posted, I, I believe it was our good friend, Brian Peacock uh, posted. I was just looking at that.
1: That was funny. The I was video just talking of to Jimmy. Montero about that. Our guy, Jimmy,
0: Jake. Jimmy started not because Kyle said he's ready. Jimmy started because CJ Bethard, who apparently is the only quarterback that Kyle has determined to be ready uh, because he's never replaced. He has never replaced a quarterback. He's never done it. It's always been injury, and you can maybe make the argument about Bethard, but even then, I, I'm pretty sure it was an injury to Brian Hoyer. Um, Jimmy didn't know anything. Squat. And it was to the point where he was calling his own plays because he didn't know the playbook. Um, so <laughs> you're, you're – uh, how did Kyle not learn from that lesson? Every day since then, Jimmy has been worse, save for a couple Arizona, New Orleans, Seattle, right. 2019. Those are the three days. Those were three legitimately awesome quarterbacking days from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but it never really reached the heights of that five-game stretch at the end of the season against teams that were checked out Coming across country, like uh, every team had an excuse as to why they lost. It'll never reach the height of beating the Bears at Soldier Field with a shitty team that was going nowhere and all they were doing was fucking up their draft chances like Kyle's perfectionism has beaten the soul of Jimmy's game out, which was a little bit of gunslinger making things happen. Not that he could push the ball down the field too much. But he, he, he can't handle it, and this has certainly leaked out of 49ers, the so very few things that leak out. One of the things that has leaked out time and time again is that this offensive staff doesn't trust Jimmy to handle the full breadth of the offense, that they can't teach right. it to him in full. But they've taught him enough to fuck him up.
1: <laughs> that's, that's where I want to go with this is uh, Ky- Kyle's had the reputation as getting the best out of quarterbacks for pretty much everywhere he's gone, right? Um, in those yeah. situations, he, he's maximized quarterback. Matt Ryan was an MVP under him. And Jimmy, for a few years, uh, uh, well, we can even get into it, but like, a he's been games. successful.
0: So it's like... <sighs> I'm afraid for Trey Lance. That's where I'm at. I'm afraid for Trey Lance on the basis of Is Kyle going to be so rigid, so rigid in his thought that whatever Trey Lance's beautiful natural traits are, those will be squished down, right? Now you have this incredible, I don't know if he's once in a, certainly generational for this team athlete. Is Kyle, if he's allowed to actually get his mitts on him, and he already has his mitts on him to a degree, not enough mitts, if we're making the argument about this season. Like, is he gonna squash down all of that potential and try right. to fit him into this box? Or will he embrace the possibilities? And you can make the argument of, oh, well, he he did with you know Robert Griffin the third. Well, he was answering to an owner. And a, by the way, his dad didn't want Robert Griffin. Like, right? <laughs> he was answering to the owner, which who is funny Robert because Griffin.
1: the reference that he keeps citing about the year that he came back from a, a three and six season when they were down that bad is yeah. Who was when the quarterback? They, Robert Griffin the uh, third. They hated it.
0: it. I mean, the only quarterback that Kyle has ever loved, and I think I, I just I just pieced this together this morning, which doesn't say enough for me, is Kirk Cousins. And the reason that he loves Kirk Cousins is because Kirk Cousins is a try-hard perfectionist who, you know, will spend all day studying tape and will know every possibility and is just an offensive coordinator on the field. Credit to Kirk Cousins for that. Sharp guy. Um, He's full of shit, but he's a smart guy. And he is really, really trying. The reason that he is on the field is because he knows that offense inside and out. And so if you want to be a perfectionist with the offense, that's a good guy to have there. Because while he can't execute everything, by no means can he execute everything, he will maximize whatever he's got on a daily basis inside that offense, and he will run that right. offense, not anyone else's offense. That offense to its maximum potential with that quarterback. Right. It, 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 it's not a tenable way to win in the NFL in 2021. And beyond. I think,
1: yeah, I think where I was going with with Jimmy too is there was potential, with Jimmy, and and there was reason to buy in that that he could be be decent and. But it's, at some point, there was like a very clear, like Kyle stopped trusting Jimmy and sort of like mm-hmm. beat him down in terms mm-hmm. of limiting what he could do in the offense. And and then Jimmy lost confidence in it. So I'm not saying that like Jimmy is, you know, a great quarterback, but like Jimmy was kind of browbeaten by Kyle constantly. And that's that wears a person down. Whatever potential uh, he had got beat out of him for sure. Right. And, and that's what you said, the concern with Lance is that instead of – and he already said it. He already said it. They didn't build a system for Lance. Uh, They built sort of this all-encompassing system where basically it's the same system, but they just tried to add some wrinkles for Lance uh, and didn't really build an offense for anybody. And (laughs) instead of maximizing Lance's skill set, they're trying to shove him into the offense that was mostly built for Jimmy – And and what Kyle is like, this is a good this is my offense and it works. But Kyle is doing the thing we talked about before all this, that we were like, is Kyle going to adapt to talent, or is he gonna try and force his talent to adapt to him? And right now he's trying to force the talent to adapt to him, and he's not even giving the talent a chance. I mean, by the way, none of these rookies are playing.
0: Like you got got Elijah, you have Elijah Mitchell, Hufanga, and then they had to play more the other day. And I guess they had to play Hufanga. Why
1: do they have to play? Oh, well, more, more, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they activated Banks instead of Lenore. That didn't really make sense. But well, uh, get
0: heaven for, uh, we don't need to get in. Got to have Drake
1: Kirkpatrick ad, active to uh,
0: – I very much enjoyed uh his defensive prowess of, I'm just going to two-arm shiver this wide receiver instead of trying. It was some NFL blitz shit.
1: Well, he was just like – it was pretty incredible. It's like, you know, when you're a non-athlete and you jump way too early for the don't ball I-
0: – don't
1: uh I? <laughs> that's that's what he did. He it was it, you could see that play happening in slow motion from the press box where yeah. and then Michael Pittman just sunned him like just pretty good player. Him. By oh, the way, by the good way, yeah, he's that a Michael stud. Pittman. He's like a
0: stud. he's not fast. He's not necessarily. He's quick though.
1: He's quicker than it's just, he's, he's not just he doesn't player. have burner speed, but he's, he's I want to
0: go back to something kind of along those same lines. I want to go back to something you said about Emmanuel Sanders in terms of that was a big mistake. We we've talked a lot about over the last, we haven't we talked off air. We haven't been doing this shit, uh, but we, we've talked a lot about the DeForest Buckner thing, just sort of in social media circles and commentary and things like that. And listen, there at a certain point, push comes to shove. The 49ers didn't see the f- spark, the flash, the whatever to pay that kind of money. Now, is that a overarching issue with the 49ers taking the salary cap far too seriously? Yes. At the same time, is the case to not keep DeForest Buckner sound? I also think yes. I think I, right. I think it's a, a coin flip. Um, maybe you know leadership should have been the differentiating factor, or you know the the the, the tiebreaker, whatever. Uh, it didn't happen, and I think that if Javon Kinlaw was actually on the field as opposed to being right. strange and whatever, the ooh, I have no idea what the fuck is going on there. Right. Uh, it's also that, something.
1: Sorry to interrupt, but like. like they could have. They could have got rid of Armstead too. Uh, they wouldn't have got a first back, but they they could have gone for uh, a defensive end instead, and and moneyballed it that way.
0: That all, that all, given the success that they've had with defensive ends, I mean, I guess uh, with Harry Crider, um, uh that looks like the better option. But that was not the option they made. And honestly. I, I, Again, I don't think that DeForest Buckner is a $100 million player. Now, that's right. not what the Colts gave him, but that is ultimately what it looked like he was going to have to get from the 49ers. Because, right. again, they're a very literal team who doesn't, um, you know, Parag did it again. Well, Parag really I- enjoys the, the actual salary. Cap right. keeps but, it the, but they
1: didn't replace, like, the impact of these guys. And, and Joe Staley said it multiple times, like, they don't have yeah. any pricks on this team. Uh, I think Fred Warner is trying mm-hmm. to be more vocal and try and be more of an asshole. Not going like... to
0: happen. The dude, the dude corrected himself for saying hell the other day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> said, heck, he, oh, I'm sorry. Heck. Um, listen, no, man, he, sorry. Yeah, he, said, he
1: said, what the hell? And he's like, so sorry, guys. I yeah. can't believe I would say that.
0: Listen, I get it. BYU and all that. But like, yeah, uh, Jimmy is appropriately like almost like a deep respect here for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like checked out. He's like, fuck this shit.
1: Yeah, he's like, yeah, my calf still kind of hurts, guys. So yeah. uh, when you're looking back on this season and I didn't play so well.
0: Just remember it was the calf. My,
1: my calf was kind of hurting.
0: Deeply respected. He was up there cracking jokes after that loss. After... <laughs>
1: he, was, he was. I mean, <laughs> listen, man. I, I, if I was in his situation, I would be checked out. You're 2-4. and four. I like, don't The believe coach him. doesn't trust you, but it's for some reason, like, throwing you out there every week. Yeah. You, like have no investment in the team whatsoever. Everyone else is sort of like doubting themselves.
0: It's great. Uh, You're pretty I, I,
1: confident it's not going to work out.
0: I'll say this about Jimmy Garoppolo, man. He, all he does is live his best life, and God bless him for that. Like, I, As a person, can't say a bad word about Jimmy Garoppolo. Legitimately can't do it. Uh, he, yep. There's a Klay Thompson-like quality to him without the success, um, and that's fantastic. And uh, not as funny, but... Not as funny, but Clay also I think leans into it a little. I don't know. Clay Clay's the most interesting person I, I I've ever been around. Um, he's, that story he's about him
1: being that story about him being in college and shooting bow and arrows down the hallway and and making bombs out of clementines. What a, what what a guy,
0: man! Makes perfect sense. But this team doesn't have any Draymonds. and I think that that's right. what you were getting at, what Joe Staley was getting at, and this is where the Emmanuel Sanders thing comes into play. I mean, remember? I don't think, and I tried. Trust me, I tried. I don't think we properly quantified, if you can't even do that, the impact of an Emmanuel Sanders on that team. They were not good. That was like not a great team before Emmanuel Sanders got there. Right. They were winning, but there was... It was shaky.
1: Yeah. It was barely holding together.
0: And Emmanuel Sanders was brought in. By the way, this is why I have just consistently wondered why the hell Wes Welker is still in charge. Because... Emmanuel Sanders was brought in. Emmanuel Sanders and I talked about a week or two after he was brought in, and he is like, yeah, basically my job is to teach all these guys how to block, how to run a Kyle Shanahan system, how to do all this. And I remember being like, isn't that the wide receiver coach's job? And he's like, yeah, well, I'm the new wide receivers coach. (laughs) It's like, okay, Uh, you're going to get your money's worth out of him. Not only was he a, a strong receiver, a guy that Jimmy immediately trusted, Funny how that works. The guy who knows what he's doing is the guy who's immediately trusted. He got Kendrick Bourne to uh, learn how to block, which then became bigger once you know uh, Sanders left. Uh, he was able to get uh, he, he was able to get Debo to the point where they could put him on the field. Um, they had a good wide receiving core with those three, and right now, I mean, it, you talk about somebody who sorely missed. Would I don't know if Brandon Ayuk would still be on this team if Manuel Sanders was still on this team, just based on needs and that draft and all that. Right. But boy, could Brandon Ayuk, who I again we're not in the locker room, we don't know. It could very well be his fault. Like I, I, but, but we're just going to presume it isn't because we right. don't know any. Well, better. well,
1: well. Some of some of the things that's going wrong, but but it's related to what you said. The, the things that I've seen that have gone wrong, are that like he has tells in his route running, where like. In terms of like running like a, a five yard in, yeah. like it will look different than like when he fakes a five yard in and goes mm-hmm. deeper, and so like mm-hmm. corners can basically tell what sort of depth he's running a lot yeah. of the time. But it's also like he's so talented, you can get away with it sometimes, yeah. and it doesn't. And it's like something you just kind of have to throw him out there because you don't have many other options. And also, that's on your receivers coach, who yeah. is clearly not doing his job to to get that done. He legitimately hasn't. <laughs> But it's crazy. Again, I'm not. I'm not. McDaniel's, I'm not McDaniels yeah. always been with the receivers, working on footwork, and they're they're so so neurotic about that that like for that for there to be that drop off from last year to this year in that aspect is a really damning indictment among many of this coaching staff that from a basic technical aspect guys it's aren't being worse. coached well.
0: I mean, he's getting worse, or they're starting to care as if they didn't care last year. I don't know which is the worst option: right. the player getting worse, or the coaching staff actually focusing now and trying to pay attention. And maybe this is again getting into the overall thing. Guys are getting, guys are getting worse. Okay, why are they getting worse? Is it because Kyle Shanahan doesn't know what he's doing? That doesn't seem to be appropriate because I've seen him know exactly what he's doing. Um, is this a a series of guys? checking out because the standards are too high and you look at other teams and they're just trying to move the ball <laughs> they're not right they're not trying to like uh, take up daddy issues and it's just like I look around the NFL and it's basketball on grass as Kevin Clark dubbed it uh four or five years ago we think back to the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Patriots it was known then as a big 12 game and the biggest game um you look at the Arizona Cardinals, do you think that they're deeply concerned about the footwork and things like that? Yeah, no, listen, I'm not saying they're not technicians right. at all, but it's also just like fuck it. We have right. we have the quarterback. Here's our best athlete. Let's go. You have LeBron James. You should go to the finals. And that's the
1: thing about this whole offense. It's all like setting things up. It's chess chess play, chess play. And it's like, well, like those aren't working. Sometimes you need a trump card and you have that.
0: You're just not well, you injured your trump card. <laughs> I mean it's not even that it's not even like the trump card thing it's it, it's all about athleticism it's all about pushing it and you could point to me and say oh well Kansas City well Kansas City's offense is historically good this year and they just scored 3 points in a game uh nobody's done better on first or second downs in the history of the NFL than Kansas City has so far this year and that's a small sample size comparatively to 16 games but it's still not a, a tiny one and um it's they might figure it out, they might not. Their defense sucks, and their offensive line outside of Creed Humphrey, our beloved Creed Humphrey, sucks. And yet they still are able to find ways to move the ball because Patrick Mahomes can run for his life and throw the ball deep, and they have great receivers. Um, I, I just i am looking at the top teams in the NFC right now. The NFC is unquestionably the better conference in my eyes. The top teams in the NFC are the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. The Packers with Aaron Rodgers, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, who has reinvented himself as like deep ball Tom since he got to Tampa Bay. He's just like I'm going to do Jameis Winston without the turnovers. How's that working out? Um, who I mean, in the Rams. I mean, those are the teams that have one loss uh, on the season. I might be missing one in in, in passing, but um, with with Matt Stafford, like what's right. the what's the fucking common denominator? I mean, you would say. Oh, Tom Brady doesn't have a big arm, except for the fact that he has the second best A dot in the NFL, and he has for the last couple of years. Right. The thing is, they fucking push it. The thing is, and look at how playing... much talent they
1: put around Brady too. By the way, like an insane mm-hmm. amount. Where and then they retained it. Like after the 49ers lost in the Super Bowl, they got worse. They let Sanders go. They let Buckner yeah. go. Like, and they went with rookies instead.
0: And yeah, for expect... one, for right. one fucking that, that's cr- that is a great point. For one year, they were good for one year, and then they had to cash it in.
1: Right, and they're like, "Well, the cap isn't sustainable because we got some extensions coming up. Figure it the fuck
0: out, man." Like, (laughs) if Nick Bosa was a rookie, (laughs) right? (laughs) He was a rookie. They drafted him second overall. We're gonna have to pay Bosa, so you know we gotta pay Bosa. that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it is shit like that. We gotta pay. Well, we gotta pay Fred Warner. We gotta pay you know uh, George Kittle why keep, keep
1: keep restructuring and keep that's what teams do and eventually it Use does come due a fucking franchise eventually eh? it does come due with the way the saints are dealing with it and guess what the saints are still fucking competitive
0: saints won like, last night yeah <laughs> I mean,
1: they're they're screwed cap wise but they're well, still competitive they're not
0: and, though they consistently find themselves cap compliant because they make things happen they play in a, i mean the reason that the saints aren't you know seen as very good is because they are no longer the top dog in a shit division but like right. It, you think Arizona is just gonna be like, oh, guess we're gonna get worse when Kyler Murray needs his extension? Fuck no. And right. you got two you have two ways of going about it. And by the way, the 49ers don't even get one of these two options because they, they don't have the denominator. Like you can go the Seattle Seahawks way where the salary cap is real and uh, the team around Russell Wilson just consistently sucks. Or you can go the Rams and the Saints way, where you just say, fuck it, at all times. You have no first-round draft picks. You consistently sign guys to top top dollar. You consistently restructure everybody, and you just keep kicking the can down the road and hope that the NFL's Ponzi scheme continues to bring in more money. The problem with that is both of those teams, for a long time with the Saints, all three of these teams, had elite quarterbacks. And the 49ers are like, what if we did the Russell Wilson way, except not with Russell Wilson? <laughs> that's <laughs> the is most what's mad- happening.
1: That's the most maddening part about all of this is um, they, the, the way they could have created space was by touching Jimmy's contract. And they said, OK, clearly we're not touching Jimmy's contract. Mm-hmm. So before they even drafted Trey, they were committing. They, they were decommitting from Jimmy. And so you're like sending this message that you That's don't exactly trust this quarterback, right. but you're also trying to say that you can be competitive with this quarterback. That's exactly right. And then you draft his successor and you say, well, that guy can't play. Uh, but, you know, we're still going to compete this year, despite the fact that we've got worse and our quarterback knows we don't believe in him. And the rest of the team knows we don't believe in him. What do you how, like? How did you think
0: this was going to go? Right. That's a, the- it's, a, it's a great point. We're not we're going to commit fully to a quarterback that we're not committed to. And we're going to go completely all in on a quarterback that we don't know if he'll work.
1: And you show enough of the rookie where the rest of the team says, oh, wait, this guy's probably better. Like he's like unpolished, but like you see the upside and you like you see the excitement. You're like, no, 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 we're actually not going to rep him at all. So that way, when we actually do put him in a game, everyone is like, oh, fuck, what do we do?
0: One of my main axioms is always never prolong the inevitable. And the 49ers are just like, no, instead, what if we lived in purgatory for an entire season and accomplish nothing out of it, by the way, we'll accomplish nothing from it. Um, and what he, and do you he, mean?
1: Like, what does he mean when he is like not an open quarterback competition?
0: What? Like, I, I don't does, understand. Nev- it's, that never an op- it's never an open quarterback competition with Kyle Shanahan. It's never, it's never, it's never a battle ever. There is a quarterback That is the quarterback until he dies, and it's not Kirk Cousins. So it's like – that was – and by the way, people can trace that back to being a big problem where it's, Oh, they thought they were getting cousins. They didn't think they would go with the second franchise tag in Washington. So they didn't, you know, they didn't scout right. quarterbacks. That and was insane. Like they're like, Oh, well we didn't, but it's perfection. It's all right. part of the plan. Kyle right. has his binder. And if the binder, if it doesn't say what the binder is, he has no ability to adapt. I see a lot of my old self. Remember Richard, Kyle Sherman?
1: Remember Richard yeah. Sherman when they were like, Oh, we thought Richard was going to be around. And then,
0: he went to Tampa. How does that? Ha- how? How are- is there intel that bad? No, are there's, so there are lines. And, and it didn't happen as a courting, and so now I'm going to act out as petulant and angry, and it's somebody else's fault. I mean, it's this is by the way, this is a byproduct of fucking nepotism. This is what happens when daddy gets you the job. You know, everything has just been lined up, and you can point to. It, you say, "Oh, where's Kyle Shanahan's adversity? Kyle Shanahan's adversity was he ripped his calf open on a goddamn fence." Like that—that's it. So he couldn't be a quarterback anymore. He had to go be a wide receiver at Duke and Texas. Like that's that's that that's his adversity. Um, it's Ben Silver fucking Spoon. What was his internship? What was the fucking tough job that he had out of school? He had to go work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as like a defensive assistant. Like he's just—he was given a job in the NFL. He's smart enough and capable. He's clearly capable enough to keep moving his way up. But you know, wh- where is the kick in the teeth, Ben? Where has where has something gone off schedule for him? You could say, oh, well, you know, dad got fired in Washington or Mike Pettin was a shithead coach in Cleveland. All of these things allow him to maintain his ego. None of this has none of this has knocked Kyle Shanahan down a notch. And this is unquestionably a situation where it's his fucking fault. So this is right. going to knock him down a notch, and I don't think he's going to be able to handle it. He's I, now... I th- yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the, I think the most damning part of all of this is that he's shown like you show no ability to adapt uh you know and Not, and, and no. it's and it's crazy is like they start the game off they have an incredible drive you're like okay, okay. yeah all hey. right next drive i think looked all right uh they end up kicking a field out, goal yeah. uh and then you know the other one i think they had the 28 yard completion to debo and then they kicked <laughs> the 56 yarder and that was it and yeah. by the way, they did not run a bootleg. They opened up with I think two or three bootlegs
0: in the first. No, two no, drives. no. He, he. I ran bootlegs. I ran bootlegs. I just want three it out. It's it's amazing. Those three plays apparently don't count. I so like that was F- the insane 15, part to me. Fifteen fucking plays. Kyle Shanahan alluded to apparently. Right. Apparently, Darius those Leonard plays pointed don't count. it out. Darius
1: Leonard was yep. like, they 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 stopped doing the misdirections run runs that were working so well for him. By the way, they started putting in. Hasty, uh, like on every third down in in situations where Hasty, who by need the way has there.
0: a a pass blocking grade of twelve per, per I love Hasty.
1: I love Hasty,
0: but like the idea, no. like he's not a capable third down back. Um, no. Like he isn't. He can't catch and he can't block. Those are the two things that you need to do if you're a third down back. He's a lead back or nothing. He and once you got Elijah Mitchell, he became completely expendable.
1: Yeah, he. So he went away from the misdirection runs, which Darius Leonard pointed out, and then mm-hmm. he didn't run a bootleg. Uh, I believe from halfway through the first quarter until that drive early in the fourth quarter. did not run a single one. Could and you it's
0: imagine like- if fucking Kevin Stefanski when he was with the Vikings or you know Kubiak who is with the Vikings now, or fucking Sean McVay when he had Jared Goff That's exactly just decided just decided we're not running bootlegs anymore. It's not only the fucking basis of the goddamn offense, the Kubiakian offense, which is now known as the Kyle Shanahan offense or the McVeigh offense. It's not only the basis of that outside zone thing, it's also the only thing that allows shitty quarterbacks to be viable right. in that system. And this is, at this point, I'd rather have Jared Goff under center than Jimmy Garoppolo right. because at least maybe he'll bootleg accidentally.
1: Well, I'm reading, like, I'm reading his response, and it, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, no. He's like, you know, we tried some screens. We we fumbled some snaps. You know, we had some penalties. Uh, it's like, well, I know. I'm asking you about, like, the play call of just yeah. well, this thing worked, uh, and I know you clearly know more than, like, you know, talking to Kyle in the sense, we clearly know more than we do about football. I but mean, we I'll saw something working. Everyone saw, t- like, two things working, mm-hmm. and for no explicable reason, you went away from them. Probably because he's like, okay, Well, we'll get an easy yardage this way, make them account for this, and then we'll go back to it. Yeah. And then he just never did.
0: No, no, because. And then he
1: decided not to attempt to even score at the end of the first half. And people were like, oh, the offense wasn't moving the ball well. The win. It's like, okay, the Colts, the Colts were, the Colts scored in it. uh, And also, you're the offensive guy. Figure it out. Figure out a way to move the ball. Uh, Attempt to score. He always does this thing where, aside from when Lance was in, uh, he played. He plays cowardly a lot of the time. He plays conservatively where it's like, okay, let's avoid the worst case scenario and then we'll come back to it.
0: It's like, it's like the NFC playoffs all over again. And it's, you
1: know, it's like,
0: it's rigid, it's stiff, right? It's conservative. It's, it has to go like this. Otherwise it won't go at all. And I'm going to take my ball and all my cool plays and go play somewhere else. And Again, I, I mentioned the 10th you know, the tenth grade lunch table that is NFL texting change. And to be blunt, you know, some of these uh, I'm on, it's just dudes who work in the league. Yeah. And uh, it, they don't know, you know. They don't know shit. <laughs> some of them. And then there are some people who, you know, I trust fairly implicitly. And they don't necessarily even work in the league. But they got people who know. And uh, these conversations are happening all the time. And it's just chat, 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 chat. Full banter, as they'd say, over over the Atlantic and the conversations that are being had right now about Kyle Shanahan and mid NFL people are damning. Uh, again, I, I mentioned this off the bat. I mean, they've written, they've written him off and people are wondering what, just what the fuck is the matter with this guy? Like I, 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 there's no more blunt way to put it. They're like, what is this dude going for? Cause he's too smart to look right. this overwhelmed. He looks overwhelmed. He looks defeated. All this stuff. Does he have an ulterior motive? And the deeper I go into this, the more I just think no. I mean, yes. It, it, you know what? Credit to Kyle, man. If he's got an ulterior motive and he wants to leave and he just says, okay, this is maxed out and I've totally fucked this team and so I'm going to jump before uh, things really hit the fan, right. uh, good on him. Uh, he can go take a year. You know, it, It's a lot easier to take some other job Bill Parcells style if everybody wants you to leave in the first place or the fan base wants you to leave. Like Jed's not going to stop something like that if everybody's really angry and wants Kyle out anyway. Now, Jed's never going to fire no. Kyle. Uh, much in the same way that Kyle's never going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, it's <laughs> there's that. Or the other thing is this suggestion, and uh, Benjamin Albright uh, in Denver uh, is the yeah. one who has now sort of made this public, but it's been floating around for a long time. Um, the suggestion is that the Niners' plan all along was, okay, Lance isn't ready. We know he's not ready. Uh, maybe we'll give him some gimmick plays, something like this, just to make our offense interesting. What a concept. Um, but he's not ready. Jimmy is our quarterback, so this is why they would commit to another year of Jimmy instead of restructuring or anything like that. By the way, you can't see Jake, but he is just a thousand-mile stare and shaking his head. Um, it's and the pl- insanely and, and, dumb. And the plan was that they're going to do, there's no more simple way to put this, the... Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes model, recoup which trade value at the recoup end. Recoup trade the year value by trading is, Jimmy. is to who? How? How anyone? How? By the way, how they thought that would fucking work when they tried to trade Jimmy before the draft? Okay, I don't know how I'm the only one who's reporting this. Happy to do it again. Certain that this happened. They tried to <laughs> trade Jimmy before the draft. The best offer that they received, by the way, full contract. So uh, that that context is important. The best offer they received was a conditional sixth-round pick, which I believe if you look at the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart was like a four <laughs> out of a thousand.
1: Basically nothing.
0: Basically nothing. They said, well, no, we're not going to do that. We we I guess we need to show that Jimmy has more value than that. I guess we need to we're going to pretty woman this situation and, and turn this into maybe we can get a second. And that became then the goal. And, and that, that, that was well reported. I mean, I don't know if it was well reported, right. but it was reported by me that the goal became second round pick, get back what we got for him. Uh, we're okay. Giving up all these first round picks for Lance. First round picks are stupid. Only of course, when you use them to get established NFL players, and not like Jared Goff 2.0, who, again, would be a, a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Um, they looked at everyone else and said, oh, first-round pick's dumb. I guess we can do that too. Trade up, get Lance, and then we'll just have another second-round pick, which we know what to do with because we're so fucking smart, as their current draft certainly proves. Um, <laughs> we'll just get back what we we traded for Jimmy, and we'll just say, no harm done. Here we go. Future is now all that stuff. It's a crazy way to to approach Approaches season. This is what happens when you're an idealistic perfectionist, and you just write down, okay, here's what's going to happen, and everything in life has happened the way that you said it was going to happen, more or less, and your ego hasn't been checked at all, and so you say, I'm just going to do this, and now what? N- now he has to reckon with the fact that that's fucking lunacy. I mean, it's well, just the idea
1: that they're like, okay, we need to recoup something here, rather than being like, all right, well, Lance is a guy. We're gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that he's ready. Uh, and if he's not ready, we'll give him the time until he is ready. But we'll, we'll you know, we'll get him reps, we'll work a system around him. Uh, we'll be proactive in, in in working with him. Instead, they are just like, well, he's gonna ride the pine because he doesn't, you know, fit the system right now. Uh, and it's just, it's just maddening. And I think, is there
0: gonna be a new system for him next year?
1: I doubt it. I I, I think it will expand, but I. I doubt it. Uh, my one other thing I want to mention is
0: he's worthless as we, a backup quarterback. Then they should have Jordan loved him and just played Sudfeld.
1: What they should have done is traded Jimmy for whatever,
0: or just straight totally. up cut him. You should have cut him. Uh, and by the I way, knew, that's why they only got the six because everyone's like, "Oh, they're just going to cut him." Right. And then we so don't have they to should take have taken that contract. money uh,
1: and done whatever they want with it. Uh, they could have added other edge rushers. They could have added a premium corner. Uh, do do whatever the hell you want with it. Smorgasbord it, um, L, make a little L, charcuterie
0: like, of players.
1: You know, like, get get somebody, like, acquire a bad contract and uh, get a draft pick, you know. With, totally. Uh, NBA style, uh, because you have extra money. Instead, style. And, and what they could have done is sign, like, Andy Dalton or even fucking Mitch Trubisky for, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like $10 million at the most, mostly non-guaranteed. Mitch Trubisky's
0: like, on a $2 million contract.
1: And instead of doing that, they said, Jimmy knows the system. The system is perfect. It's such a good system. system uh, we're going to stick with it. He can run the system.
0: This is a fucking cult.
1: <laughs> it's really baffling. And I think one, one thing that I, I want to mention is, uh, like, my, I was joking with it. Uh, I was joking about it. But, like, LaFleur mm-hmm. and Sala. With Sala, the, the, he was, like, the quality control everywhere. You know, yes. like, you have quality controls and other stuff, but, like, the reason defense was so tight was because he was there, and you know he saw everything, and he was mm-hmm. so in tune with the defense and knew his players so intimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying D'Amico Ryan's has done a bad job, but like he's also it's his first year, he's like trying like it's he's hard. only
0: spent time with the linebackers. It's a lot. They've been about. fine, by the way. I mean, I, I think Aziz has been incredible. Aziz is incredible. And um, then the other
1: thing is yeah. Lafleur. Like, I'm not even saying like Lafleur is a genius. But nope. I think like the 49ers brain, it was like 50% Shanahan and a mm-hmm. quarter LaFleur, a quarter McDaniel. And they lost a quarter of that brain and didn't replace like LaFleur with anyone else. And it's just McDaniel and Shanahan. And so like as brilliant as those two guys are, and they are very smart. Yeah. Uh, they're missing like a voice that they used to have to bounce ideas off. Of. And well, they used to talk let's about take it,
0: Let's take it one step further than that. Like, how many times has <laughs> Kyle has literally taken Mike McDaniels from the depths, right. like in a literal sense. Um, I guess not a literal sense. He wasn't scuba diving or anything, but like right. in the, in, in the, the emotional, sense. yeah. In the, in the way that you're you know, thinking, not in like a football, like, Oh, he saved him from the Houston Texans. Like right. this dude was going through some stuff and Kyle Shanahan was his sponsor effectively right. and brought him back. And he's, uh, He's an incredibly bright football mind who is focused on the running game for the last few years and who has openly said that he won't take another job anywhere because he is Kyle's guy. What kind of, what kind of, right? I I hate to do that. I hate to do this because I like Mike so much, but like, what kind of pushback is that guy really giving to Kyle Shanahan?
1: Right. That's why you need like another voice in the room. You have the floor. It's like, at least they had two to one. You know, I think like I, I, I need to even look up what his title is. But like they don't have anyone else in the room. Like I think they're trying to uh, tell me like,
0: Rick Scangarello. Isn't you know, I was the... talking about
1: Bobby Sloak, offensive passing game specialist. Uh, I think he's the guy that they're trying to groom to be the next one. But it's like he clearly doesn't have the voice. Ky- like no one it's, Kyle it's all is Kyle's Kyle's putting
0: sycophants around him now.
1: Right. And 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 LaFleur. Not, McDaniel, not by,
0: yeah, by accident, but right. Still.
1: But but when they had both of them, there was like a sense of like. Okay, like we can work together, and it's also two voices coming together is an easier pitch. You know totally. what I mean, as opposed to one. Like even if McDaniel does have something, he doesn't have his other guy to, to back him up on and say, hey, "Kyle, LeFleur, here's where I'm I, need wrong. To, I need you I need you know, I
0: need you to back me up." Here, we got to go to Kyle with this, and it's easier to have right. two voices going. And I think that's him. a massive
1: part of this. Uh, totally.
0: And and you look at like LaFleur and Sala, that's the Jets
1: are. A cursed team. I'm not I'm not even saying that's not gonna work out. No, that's a tough situation.
0: And let's also establish that Robert Sala was also the opposite of a Kyle Shanahan. I, I don't think I, I want to be clear about this. I don't think that the 49ers have like lost the locker room or anything. Right. And there is the utmost respect to Shan- for Shanahan as a play caller still in that room because the vast majority of players have seen it before. Um, or at least the ones who were there in twenty nineteen know. When it works, it works spectacularly, and there's something magical about that. And we're not in these meeting rooms where he's breaking down the the game plan for the week. But if you execute what he puts out there, it, it's right. going to work. Um, the problem is that he's asking too much of these players right now, and, and the I, I, I he hasn't lost the room. I don't think that that's going on. But Robert Salo is a very warm. Man, Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if I'd describe him as a warm man. No. And there was a balance that could be struck there between Salah, right. who had a lot of autonomy, a tremendous amount of autonomy, especially later on, to and listen, he was an offensive guy originally. So he, he would he would have input. He would he would have input. you could go to him if you were on offense about things. If you didn't, you know, want to go to Kyle or one of Kyle's two, as they have been referred to, he, his lackeys. Um, that this isn't the cause of these problems, but it's another little thing that adds up. That they right. don't, they don't have that warm presence. They like D'Amico, but D'Amico's not going to Kyle and saying, "Hey, here's what you can do." It's like D'Amico, get in your fucking lane. Um, this is this is again. Let's be real. This is a guy who has full personnel control, and now he doesn't have any real pushback, I don't believe, in the locker room from leadership or really from coaches. And yeah. when you're asking for perfection in a league where that is impossible, this is a good way for everyone to spiral out of control.
1: I also think in the immediate term, he he's looking at next week is like, okay, well, it's the Bears, and if we do the bare minimum, like and just have Jimmy run the offense – it's safe, you know, et cetera. So I, I think he's coming with a scared approach of the Bears suck, uh, and this is obviously a game we need. And he's thinking he's in, like, I can't afford for a world of
0: pain. Right, world I can't pain.
1: afford to to throw Trey out there. Where to be honest, like if they do, just you know, stop with all the DPIs, and there's no sign that that's going to stop. By the way, because they mm-hmm. just keep execute failing to execute in a number of ways. But I think that's his approach. at, Hey, if we beat the Bears uh then we're back to three and four we got the jaguars in a couple of weeks that's a win and we split one with the cardinals and the rams and then we're a five and five and then we can figure it out yeah just, I,
0: just do that just just right. split one with the cardinals and the rams two of the best teams in the nfl who will absolutely destroy the 49ers right now i don't care i don't care about the shanahan complex that's over oh yeah that's that's they're gone. in. By the way, shit, I, yeah, I legit think that if they think that the Bears are just oh well, they played like shit against the the Buccaneers and this and that, they're in for a world of hurt. What's the one thing that has burned this team more than anything else over the years? Mobile quarterbacks. Justin yep. Fields is gonna. They might not call those plays. By the way, Matt Nagy uh, on the COVID list, so uh, probably a win for the fucking <laughs> Bears. But. uh They might not call any plays for Justin Fields to run, but given the state of that offensive line, he's going to be running. And they have a top receiver. They have good tight ends. Um, Actually, kind of like all their receivers. Uh, If Fields can just do that Kyler Murray thing from years prior to this, which is a lot easier said than done, but certainly he is a player of uh, elite athletic ability. I mean, uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. And th- that defense is good enough. No, both these teams
1: enough. are bad. Both these teams are bad. No, nah, uh,
0: I, I, you see, here's the thing. The, Bear, the Bears are bad, but the Bears are in their own way. And so, 40- I mean, the 49ers are in
1: their own way, too.
0: Yeah, but the, you see, one team actually has a quarterback who can make something happen.
1: <laughs> well, the 49ers do, too. He's just not playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. no. Um, and, that, and that's the thing. If he's not healthy, then we're just going to do purgatory again. If he is healthy, now Kyle has deliberately made a choice. And again, as I wrote, I mean, he made a choice of self sabotage. Um, there's just nothing good that can be accomplished by playing Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. And you say, oh well, they can win. Yeah, they can win with Lance too. In fact, I think that anyone who's watched both quarterbacks this year would say they have a better chance of winning with Lance. Um, I, I just I don't I don't see the vision. They're playing for this year, but they're setting up for next year, and they're just they don't have a they don't have a cohesive timeline. Yeah, and I'm wondering if. I, I, as much, I, I, yeah, yeah they don't have a there's no cohesive fucking timeline everything asked, is about last year and next year and this year and it's just like I asked what, Kyle what, what
1: he's seen from like Jimmy to feel confident um, in Jimmy as a quarterback and the first yeah. words out of his mouth were he just played his worst game of the season
0: <laughs> yeah which there's the worst just, game he's yeah. played as a 49er by the way right which
1: to be fair uh, I talk about a lot of things I like by immediately criticizing them uh, so I get it uh, but it's not like an A confidence inspiring thing to be like so what do you like about this guy it's like first of all he just played like shit let's (laughs) let's be clear about that uh what what was your question (laughs) yeah Uh, uh,
0: by the way jimmy can't think that this is good for him either
1: that's why he's going back to the calf thing like unprompted and that's why he's like i think i'm gonna be out a few weeks i kind of hope i am i kind of hope you just like go with lance and i
0: can be like yeah yeah i had the calf injury and then they played the kid and you know that's the future and Right now uh, again uh, the, tr- the trade deadlines in like days. What there's would no you calls? do if you were the 49ers? Right nothing. now? Right? Right yeah. now? Yeah. There's nothing that can be done. Right. There's, nothing, there's no there is there's no calls that are being made. There's nothing that can right. be done. That's the thing is they had
1: to like they had to beat the Colts and and they had to beat the Bears and then it could be like okay, well maybe this can still be something. Right? You know? You get to four and four, you you beat you beat two subpar teams, and you're like, all right, well, we stopped kicking ourselves. We're, they're you know, going to do the same Vegas shit that they did last four. year,
0: same shit that they did last year, where they pretended like they could make the playoffs all the way up into December, and then guess what? That they was didn't. nuts.
1: You remember that? I remember. When, when they were like, I had two or three games under 500, and they're like, well, the you know, if we just get to eight and eight, like, back in tr-
0: back when I, I was with the that. Washington Redskins and Johnny Gillen, dude, and then we finished ten and six and won the division, and it's like how'd it's that just, work out last it, year, Kyle? It
1: just feels like Kyle is gaslighting all of us because it's like you, you sent the message, you were the one who did this, you said we're done with this guy, and then when people are like, "So why aren't you done with this guy? He's he's bad." Kyle's like, "What do you mean? He's good." I, I love this guy. He's really good. But I mean, well, I don't love well, him. I th- actually hate him. This uh, is the but...
0: wor- this is the other worst part. He, he coaches like he loves him. Jeez, Louise! Like he coaches, scared uh, from Jimmy to do anything, which is always what you want from your quarterback. He's
1: such a weird vibe, man.
0: Um, and then he goes into these. by this this has been the best part. I, I haven't traveled with the team yet this year. And the best part, and not that there's locker room access or anything that I'm getting, I get to just listen to Kyle mumble into a microphone after. I'll be there this weekend, partner. Congratulations. Uh, shitty press box at Soldier Field, by the way. Oh, and yeah. uh, it's, it's very, by the way, they're going to have the heat up. You're just going to go right to sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I one time covered a, a Monday night football game in that press box, and uh, your boy went down hard mid game, Bears Vikings fell asleep i had been covering <laughs> i've been covering the world series in chicago and it's like well i'll just stay the other day and you know do my because i was writing columns off of standalone games for fox right. at the time so i'd write a thursday night football column for friday morning and a monday night football column for tuesday morning and it was right. it was a good come so i was like well i gotta watch this game anyway i'm already in chicago might as well go to the Soldier Field press box, which I've only been to a couple times in my life, and it's like, oh, this would be good. Not and I was, so, I was so exhausted, and they had that heat up to, like, 85 degrees, and it's got um the lighting in there is all, like, very high Kelvin or very low Kelvin. It's, mm. like, just kind of that reddish hue, and it was just, like, sleepy time for Dieter.
1: Partner, I'm going to be eating so much Italian meat and cheese and, like, hot dogs. <laughs> You're going to have a great time, I'm telling I you I may about. have a heart attack. It's gonna might be fantastic. I might not make it back.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo gets to return to his hometown. Um, though, by the way, if Jimmy Garoppolo stays in this league long enough, he can get to return to his literal hometown when the Bears move to Arlington Heights, Illinois. Wow. In a few in a few years. Um it's just that's what they need. They need Garoppolo, 30, 39 years old, to open up that new stadium. By the way, they won't have a quarterback by then. Um <laughs> Justin Fields will be great for some other team after they get right. rid of him after three years. Nevertheless, um it, In not traveling with this team, I get to watch the game broadcasts. I've actually, I think it was the only second game I've been to this year was was on Sunday night because of other extenuating circumstances. And uh, in these game broadcasts, Kyle has a meeting. I believe they're still Zoom meetings. Though it might have been with with, uh, Collinsworth and 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 Michaels. It might have been in person. Yeah, no, they're in person. Um, They have these meetings with the broadcast crews. And this is, they get like 45 minutes. And the broadcast crews just pepper them, pepper them with anything. And this has become, over the years, I think even going back to like kind of the heyday of the Cowboys, uh, an opportunity to get some PR out there because, especially, especially if you're in a standalone game, control the narrative, control the narrative. And especially in a standalone game when everybody else in the league is watching it
1: on a plane or at home. Collins were talking about Mac Jones a couple of weeks, like,
0: yep, and so. What did we hear from Collinsworth in in this last one? Which I had to I had to go back and watch the goddamn game, and I did it with audio because so many people were complaining on Twitter. Uh, usually, I do not do that. Um, he was saying about how you know Jimmy, they they want to you know keep Jimmy around. They think that he has value, trade value, all this stuff. They kept saying trade value and keeping Jimmy and redshirt year. And this goes back to kind of what we had heard. A few weeks prior with Adam Amin and John Schla- or Mark Schlereth, where they were talking about red shirt ear in the game against Arizona. They mentioned it three or four times in the first half. And then maybe <laughs> I was going to say Bob Lang, maybe Corey got to him and said, cut this shit out. Um, they just kept saying red shirt ear for trade redshirt red shirt ear for trade lines. And it, it perks your ears up because Kyle Shanahan's never said that out loud in a press conference. Right. And he has never said trade value for Jimmy in a press conference, right. but you get him in a room with these broadcasters and he's got to tell somebody. I remember the first, first time I was talking with Bob Lang, the former Niners PR guy. And I go, you got to enjoy it. Cause I had dealt with chip. I had dealt with Tom Sula. I got the very tail end of Harbaugh. I go, you got to enjoy the fact that Kyle, you know, seems to like doing these press conferences. And he goes, no, I don't because he keeps talking and keeps giving stuff away. And I go, yeah, no, I was saying that I enjoy it, Bob. But um, <laughs> and he used to be way and he, so open, and he used to do it, and oh. he used to be open, and he used to do that stuff. And I'm not, you know, feeling like a lover scorned, like Kyle used right. to be open with me. And now he's so closed away. And now we're gonna have to break up. None of that shit. Like, who gives a fuck? Uh, Bill Belichick gives great, great press conferences. Ask good questions. Uh, it's an issue of he has to tell somebody. He needs to get this stuff off his chest. From somebody from the outside. His wife is sick of hearing it. He doesn't want to tell Chris Sims. (laughs) Like there's just. Who else can he tell? And so this is an opportunity for him to spin the narrative for him to give the truth, say, hey, you can do this on the record. You can do this off the record, which he's done before with even me. Like he he needs he needs to get stuff off his chest. He likes talking to people about stuff like this and making sure that people think that he's really smart. So he's going into these goddamn rooms and he's giving away the game plan. And we've had to piece it together off of the fucking television broadcast, which come back to the same thing. They thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was the equivalent to (laughs) Alex Smith in this scenario which is fucking Except they knew ludicrous. he wasn't, though.
1: It's like they knew he wasn't, and it's like they just thought they were going to like
0: fleece somebody, I guess. The Rams gave up first-round picks to get off of Jared Goff for a quarterback who was leaving Detroit no matter what. Where are these circumstances? They called up for the Packers. Hey, we'd like Aaron Rodgers, which, by the way, that was something forthright. Yeah, we called them. I mean, I guess it's easier to say now that you've already right. admitted that you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's like, yeah, we called them. They wouldn't accept our calls. And in fact, uh, Lafleur uh, LeFleur via green Bay is so pissed that they had like a falling out. Right. Right. Like, it's, it's, how, it's, it's all, it's all kind of maddening at this point. Here's how this is going to go down. Here's the projection. Here's how it all happens. They're going to continue to suck. They're going to keep Jimmy out there. Jimmy will get injured again. They'll play Lance. They're going to win six games Max. They'll pretend like they're in the playoff hunt until December again. This year at least they'll right. get to stay at schedule's home. The schedule's
1: starting Christmas. to look tougher, by the way. Titans, Bengals,
0: even the totally. Vikings, all feisty. Hundred totally. percent.
1: Um, which is
0: the lesson I say every single Seahaw- fucking year.
1: Seahawks are probably gonna have Russ back.
0: Seahawks should have Russ back in week thirteen. He'll be back for week ten, so that would be uh that would be the answer. They would have him for week thirteen. Let's just go through the schedule real quick here. Right,
1: and they're not gonna be eliminated from the playoffs until like week fourteen. Correct, 15, because and then it's seventeen gonna, goddamn you know, games. I'd be like, "Well, I said I wasn't going to do it until we were eliminated."
0: So then they get Atlanta. So let's just run through the schedule real fast. Bears this week, then Arizona, then <laughs> the Rams on Monday Night Football at Jacksonville. Short week. Maybe who has won a game? Jacksonville's won a game versus Minnesota at home. Coming back at Seattle Sunday Night Football at Cincinnati. Versus the Falcons at home. Short week before Christmas at Tennessee. <laughs> versus Houston.
1: Derrick Henry is going to uh, put them in a world of pain. Even
0: Todd Downing can't fuck up Derrick Henry. Um, it,
1: short week Derrick Henry. Just Short week, like Derrick, short week Derrick Henry. Short week
0: Derrick Henry. For the Titans. Cross-country travel. Short week Derrick Henry. Cross-country travel. Pre-Christmas. You basically
1: uh, have to like get every offensive drive to work, and just you know. I would like turn to firm.
0: I'd like to firmly establish that this team will have already been eliminated by then. I believe, uh, just by virtue, um, and if not, they would in all reality have been eliminated because they have. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, four more losses on this schedule preceding the game against Atlanta. I'm gonna. They lose right. either to Minnesota or the. Bengals. They're definitely losing to the Seahawks. They're losing all their divisions. Right. And let me
1: just be clear. I thought this team was like very likely to go to the playoffs. I completely Same. uh but I Same. Don't, we I fucked also, that one up. Yeah, we did. We I mean we always fuck up, but it's also like I'm gonna own it. Uh but I also didn't expect Kyle to lose his fucking mind. Uh and just yeah. you know, it's it's one it's the funny thing about all these games is like all of them they could have won if they didn't just like fuck up in pretty miraculous ways, but like and not just in one way. It was, it's been in like three astounding ways. So, are
0: you of are you of the mindset that they they could have won those games, or that they this is it, and that they can get over that hump, or no. that's as good as it gets and it's about no, to no, go no, even further? I, I
1: was coming from the perspective after the but like going into this week, just sort of being like, okay, let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Maybe these were sort of like fluky things where mm-hmm. it's just weird, you know, mm-hmm. and they just like cleaning it up, and you know, the uh, argument is going to be like. Nope. For some people, it's going to be like, well, it was rain, you know. Well, it's like Colts played in the fucking rain too. That doesn't Carson it, Wentz. This is just who they are. They're a sloppy team that like doesn't know what its identity is because the coach was non-committal on on his quarterback situation uh, yeah. and has been mixed message in every single thing he's done. And no one, I I don't think he's lost the locker room, but I think people are like starting to question themselves and and people are pressing, you know. Like Josh Norman's a ten year vet, and he's like, yeah, like the corners feel like they have to get an interception, and so that's part of why they're making mistakes because they're pressing so hard that you know, you know, they don't trust yeah. the offense to succeed. So they're like, all right, we have to get an interception, you know, <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all erratic and, and anxious and, and everyone trying to be a hero and, and no one can.
0: Because nothing is being accomplished this year. And that's the worst part, right? Nothing is accomplished. Nothing is accomplished by doing this. Um, the same way nothing was accomplished last year. By, you know, okay, you rolling out Bethard and-, and Mullins again. Why do we care? Like what's happening? You can't right. you they're not even taking the small advantage that they have, which is that they can push this thing forward towards next year. They can shine they can flash the keys, the shiny object, and say, Yeah, but next year's gonna be great. And everything right. that they're doing right now is sabotaging that. So here's how it's gonna go down. They're gonna continue to lose, they're gonna continue to trot Garoppolo out there for no good reason. At a certain point, we're just going to say it's 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 happening. Um, we're just going to give up on fighting it uh, because it doesn't matter. They will continue to do all the strange things that they have done up until this point. More players will get injured. They'll win a game or two. People will pretend as if, oh, everything is fixed. It will not be fixed. Uh, it will just be circumstantial. And then at the end of the year, they're going to need a head. They'll play Lance for a couple of games. He'll have moments of... Small brilliance. He'll have some big bonehead moments in between those, especially when you consider you know he'll look great against the Texans. He'll look shitty against the Rams, Um, and that's if he stays healthy. And then they're going to have to have a blood sacrifice at the end of the season, and they're going to fire. John Lynch. They're going to fire John Lynch. He'll go back to the booth, and they'll move on with this where Kyle continues. It, it, this And then he'll be
1: Matt Nagy this year,
0: next year. You think so, but it's probably more like a Bill O'Brien situation.
1: And then next year we'll.
0: Here's the difference, though. Bill O'Brien won 27 games out of like 27 and 40, or 27 and 21 before he got Deshaun Watson. That's pretty nuts. He won four fucking divisions. Yeah, it wasn't a good division, but whatever. He won the division a lot. They kept winning games. He was just an egomaniac prick, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so he got fired. He right. pushed. He pushed a little bit too hard. The owner died. Uh, the son was really into this, you know, uh, snake charming preacher. And uh, Bill O'Brien thought that was a window, and in fact, it wasn't a window; it was a trap door. That's what happened there. What? It, Ky- Kyle doesn't even have the winds. <laughs> right. Again, he's, all he's got is one banner that only hangs up in the goddamn locker
1: room. Right. That, that's something is there's going to be continuous moments throughout the year where people are going to be like, fire Kyle, understandably. Yeah. Uh, and saying he's on the hot seat. He's not going to be on the hot seat this year. He's not just Mm-mm. because it was meant it was billed as a project. Uh, he is on too good of terms with Jed York and that's well, Jed, kind of Jed it has comes to,
0: down to. Jed has to think back to the fact that he went one and done twice and he fired he right. fired Harbaugh and so the question that's going to be in his mind more than anybody else's and this is a very fair question is if I get rid of him then who? And the problem is the longer you hold on to that the more you don't realize and I, let me, let, let's just pull back the curtain this is Dieter Kurtenbach relationship 101 from first-hand experience the question isn't if not this person, who the question is anybody, <laughs> right? the answer becomes anybody because it's a toxic situation and you gots to go. And, uh, you can create all the narratives in your mind. And th- at a certain point, and it doesn't even have to be acrimonious. It, it doesn't even have to be losing at a certain point. It's anybody else and, um, or nobody just, <laughs> just anything. That's it it feels like it feels like that's where this is heading unless he can get Lance to work and he right. doesn't it doesn't sound like he has any interest in accepting the L and moving on to that stage of this situation, which is inevitable and the longer he puts it off, the tougher it's gonna be for him and it also run.
1: feels like he's just lost his creativity, his his happiness and like his his joy for the game. Nothing like, got nothing, it's a miserable and, he, and he admitted he's out of a play, play calling rhythm, which, which, which is a pretty astonishing admittance when you know, uh, he's he's the team, it's all him. Like, and if, yeah. and if you're like supposed to be Jesus in this scenario, and Jesus is mm-hmm. like, guys, I don't know, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> you,
0: know you know, those miracles, I just don't know, I'm just not in a rhythm I right now. I'm I keep I, sleeping the, for a couple of days. He's
1: turning, he's turning water into toilet, toilet bowl wine. You know, it's just not. It's nothing's going right.
0: You wanted forty fish.
1: Uh, guys, I'm gonna go take a nap. It's tough. That's
0: what I'm saying. He's gonna tough.
1: Tough times, partner.
0: Three days. Can you give me like another week or so? I'll deal with the rock then.
1: He's trying to walk on water. He's
0: just slipping. He's just getting his, his one he's foot. Just keeps his robe soaked. I'll oh, fucked. look. Damn, man. The tax collectors are still in the temple. He's like, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There, uh, it, I, I wish that there was like, there's no, there's no fix. Um, there's no fix. Just rip off the bandaid. never prolong the inevitable. Nothing that Trey Lance does this season is disqualifying. And by the way, like it should be noted that around the league, players are getting less and less time than ever. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, now yeah. maybe this doesn't apply to Lance. Uh, I think Cowherd has the thing about like you know the ten thousand hours rule or whatever, some Malcolm Gladwell bullshit. Um, but you think about quarterbacks growing up these days. I mean, they just they're just throwing all the time.
1: Dude, uh, Kyle said it. He fucking needs experience, man. Like so, he yeah. said, Trey has to play. He said earlier in the sauce. he's like, he won't even gonna, practice him. He said, he said we're gonna make sure that Trey goes through another. He never goes through another year without playing. That's what he said this offseason.
0: Then he played him once and he goes, Well, my job here is done.
1: I'm done with this, partner. Uh I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna go eat some chicken salad and uh, maybe take a, a nap.
0: <laughs> Sounds good,
1: buddy. He's killing us, partner. He's killing us.
0: <laughs> it's okay. There's only months left. <laughs>